have such sights to show you. We're popping a scary horror podcast, and happy Halloween to all you folks out there. I'm your host, Cole, and with me, as always, I got my good friend and co-host, Aaron. So, uh, this episode's coming out on Halloween and stuff. Halloween! Yep, we're recording this ahead of time just to make sure we can get the episode out. So, are you planning anything for Halloween specifically this year? Oh, man. Lately, especially with, uh, you know, global pandemics and stuff, my Halloween plans have been fairly last minute. Um, Most of my Halloween plans are work-related right now. It's like, what's my office doing for Halloween? But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm bound to do something. I'm I'm a little later than usual. Usually, I have my costume figured out by now. I still don't, so mm, yeah, I'll probably be putting something together last minute. Yeah, me too. Um, I've been wavering on the whole like costume thing and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. probably going to recycle some old costumes, but then it's like with other events going on, I'm like, well, I can't wear that costume I wore it like a right, while ago and right. stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to need to still work on that, but really for Halloween night itself, I'm probably going to try to aim just to relax since it's going to be on a Sunday and take Mm -hmm. it easy and, you know, hand out candies to trick-or-treaters and stuff. I already got a lot of the decorations set out in the yard and stuff. Yeah, when I rolled up today, it was, uh, you know, it's looking nice. Oh, thank you. It's looking spooky around here. Yeah, no, one of the perks of being a homeowner and stuff is just being able to decorate your front lawn and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the American dream, being oh. a homeowner, so you can scare passing by children. Yeah, especially. All, all thanks to the world of real estate. And speaking of real estate, oh. uh, this I'm that's an awkward segue that's very niche if you don't know about the movie, but this movie we're watching today is Halloween. And the reason why I say real estate is that uh, Laurie Strode's dad in the movie mm-hmm. is a real estate agent. Oh. So that was my way of diving into the film and stuff to try to make it a smooth segue, but it was a bumpy segue overall, <laughs> I'd probably say. So um, before diving in, I want to hear from you because I know like this is one of the films that you've honestly seemed to be pretty excited about watching. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I probably don't know actually anything about it, but I think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween, that's the one with the theme that's like, right? Yep, you're right on the money okay. there. All right, yeah, all right, no right. Misconceptions there so okay. far. Um, all right, two, two things that I that I need to confirm. Uh, number two here, it's got uh, it's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it, right? Yep, that's uh, as a youngin. Yeah, that's what I'm most excited about because mm-hmm. you know, as a millennial. I know Jamie Lee Curtis mostly from Freaky Friday and Yo Play commercials. And so imagining like a hot young Jamie Lee Curtis is going to make me feel weird. Um, so I'm excited to dive into that. Um, and yeah. yeah, and never watch Yo Play commercials the same ever yeah. again. I, I think it was actually Activia, wasn't it? Was it Activia? I, I think it was Activia. Just, you know, because she just talked about how skinny she was uh-huh. due to it and not having intestinal problems. Yogurt. Yes. Yeah. Yogurt commercial. Definitely yogurt commercial either way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, 
that'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then this is the one with Michael Myers, right? Yep, man, you're three for three so far. You're yeah. knocking it out of the park. Yeah. So this, yeah, this is one of those <laughs> movies that's like, I mean, obviously it's a big pop culture phenomenon, um, and it's one of those that like. I've been meaning to watch, but I just never watched. You know? um, no, I could. Um, yeah, that's it's one of those things that, um, <clears throat> with me and the history I had with Halloween again, because I told you I kind of knew more about Freddy and Jason. That was mm -hmm. kind of like my gateway entry into horror when I was young. Michael Myers was always kind of like that um, weird sort of like character. I was never sure how to feel. Mm -hmm. And the first time I saw it was on uh, television and stuff. I think it might have been on the AMC channel, something like that. But um, it definitely doesn't have the same impact as the uh, unrated film does, you know, mm -hmm. basically where they right. didn't have to edit it for TV and mm -hmm. stuff. But um, I don't know. It's one of those weird things. I've seen it like about a couple of times and stuff and while i know a lot of people uh really like the film a ton and stuff mm -hmm. it's never been one of those things that i've been like super duper like oh man you know michael myers it's like one of those things that i'll mention some of my favorite slashers and then he falls in so i'll be curious because you know with a lot of films the more you watch it and stuff the more you mm -hmm. pick up on little stuff so i'm kind of curious how it's going to be watching this film for i mean if we're being technical maybe fourth third fifth time something like that mm -hmm. for me and stuff but i am excited for you to watch it and stuff because again yeah. it is just one of the all-time acclaimed films and stuff sure. and um you know basically one of john carpenter's like breakout films mm -hmm. as well as jamie lee curtis's breakout roles mm -hmm. and stuff which deemed her as one of the scream queens mm. and stuff Lots of screaming mm -hmm, for sure um do you have any preconceived notions or anything going into this movie at all specifically aaron um i mean okay so this is where i'm just like maybe piecing together flawed memories this is like set in like a neighborhood right yeah kind of house mm -hmm. you know it's not like everything else we've watched so far has been like spooky remote place you know what i mean i well i guess hellraiser not but yeah <laughs> uh, most of what we watched i guess have been like you're out in the middle of nowhere you're stranded but this is like michael myers like breaking and entering killing people right pretty mm. much yeah, pretty much. It it stays pretty uh, suburban mm -hmm. and stuff when it comes to the setting. That's so much more spooky for me. This this might be one of the ones that actually like because so far I haven't like been going to bed with nightmares. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the ones that are set like, oh yeah, this can happen to you right now. Yeah, uh, those are the ones that get me. And the more psychological ones. I don't know how psychological this is, but like mm -hmm. I don't. Um, if it is, you know, those are the ones that get to me. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely be curious to see on uh, what your uh, thoughts are about this film. And for me to see if I like have any sort of grand uh, revelations and stuff. Because it's like one of those things that I, I remember still liking Halloween. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things that it's not like, oh my gosh, all time favorite. So mm -hmm. I'll probably have to dive more into it and stuff. Like I said, I'm trying to dance around it as we talk currently. Right, right and stuff so um we're gonna go check out uh halloween here real quick folks and we'll be back in just a wee moment like this okay folks we just got back watching john carpenter's classic film uh 1978's halloween and aaron mm -hmm. um how do you feel coming from this film 
I came? Is that... How do I feel coming oh, from... That, oh, I mean, yeah, I, know it's, of, I know it's called popping the scary, but... Um, <laughs> there were a lot of boobies, so I guess it's yeah. possible. Yeah, uh, two sets. <laughs> three. No, there were three. Yeah, three. I counted, because in the very beginning, it's his mommy's boobies. Uh, well, it's actually his sister. It's his sister? Yeah. Oh, well... Okay, well, it's, it's yeah. the, the adult Myers boobies... And then, uh, and then it's the 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 what's her name the the, the trashy friends boobies, and <laughs> yeah, then it's the, the boobies the the gal that comes back with uh, the big glasses guy, three boobies, I have three sets of boobies for six total. Oh yeah, there was three. There's, 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 yeah, that's the important. Now that we got the important discussion out of the way. Yes, exactly. Um, you know the boob count. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was a little, little underwhelmed overall mm -hmm. i think you were a little bit on the money whenever you were talking about um just the just how it's not like that amazing of a movie mm -hmm. um, i think it just suffers from being an overhyped film in mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. opinion which sucks type deal because like i can understand why people get overhyped about it mm -hmm. but at the same time it never just ever reached that level yeah. for me personally it's a real there's there's not a lot of plot there like mm -mm. there's the main plot they establish in the beginning and that's the interesting part that i think people probably like and that's yeah. the uh you know he he breaks out of the mental asylum or whatever and now they're yeah. on, the, on the hunt for him exactly but and it's only like a third of the movie and the rest mm -hmm. of the movie is yeah. just like uh, babysitting kids you yeah know? Like, there's no plot there well you know uh it's funny because uh whenever uh john carpenter i think they were like approaching the film to do this i think the movie was supposed to be called like the babysitter murders oh really <laughs> okay speaking of which uh my cat is trying to reach underneath the door here it got a it does look like a horror scene there's just a hand just like in the beginning of the movie when michael myers reaches his hand over the top of the car oh yeah it... <laughs> um yeah so uh, i probably don't have to get a synopsis but i will for those that for some reason haven't seen the movie um with halloween the story focuses on our protagonist uh laurie strode and stuff who's just like an average high school student however she's having to go through her life at the same time as a mental patient uh michael myers breaks from the asylum and is being pursued by dr loomis who was his doctor at the asylum and like you mentioned there's not really like a lot of narrative going forward it's just mostly like hey there's a killer on the loose let's see what happens mm -hmm. it's kind of like watching just dominoes knock over yeah. like everything's set up but we're just spent kind of watching one piece fall after another and there's a lot of waiting you know for the inevitable when you're watching a mm -hmm. horror movie you're waiting for people to get killed mm -hmm. and the movie does a lot of um you know blue balling you a little bit they, yeah. do, they do some spooky stuff and you know you're you know the moment's coming and the movie knows you know the moment's mm -hmm. coming so they delay some of that but at the same time that just means that you're sitting there watching nothing happen for a lot of the movie yeah you're watching people getting babysat and phone calls <laughs> about who they're taking to the the, the to the the dance which spoiler yeah. alert the dance doesn't happen because yeah. that's <laughs> not the time frame that this movie takes place in 
one, you get a lot of details about it regardless. I'm, I'm just laughing so hard because it's never struck me. Like, I've heard people talk about this film time and time again, and never once have they brought up the dance. So just the fact that that was... That's, that's what the most, like, most of the plot was about these girls' lives, right? Because, like, you know, the core plot, the plot that runs through it, of course, is about Michael Myers, and they're chasing him down, they're trying to find him. But, like, those scenes are so short compared to, like, the scenes that they try to build suspense in with the girls babysitting mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and being at school and things mm-hmm. and like that plot is far less interesting it's more of a vehicle for the suspense and yeah. yet i'm still sitting here you know paying attention to the dialogue and being like man what's her name really should should tell that boy that uh laurie didn't say that after all oh yeah I, I, I think it was uh uh, Lori's friend Annie talked to Ben Annie. Tramer. It's Ben Tramer. <laughs> He's cute. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think we ever saw the movie, did no, we? No, but that's what that that's what she said when yeah. they were in the car. Ah, uh, gotcha. And Lori was like, I'd rather take Ben Tramer to the dance. And he was like, Ben Tramer? And he was like, oh, he's cute. Shut up. That's, the, that's most of the details I got out of the movie because that's most of the script, I yeah, think. For sure. No, it's it just a funny point that that was one of the focal points. And for mm-hmm. me, I never really paid attention to it. It's just, again, I just feel in my mind, it's just like, okay, it's just dialogue t- that basically gets us to the next scene, which I think that's, I think that's one of the things that I never was able to really grasp on to the hype about and stuff mm-hmm. with Halloween is, um, you know, obviously whenever it comes to those movies, you have to pay stuff, you know, it can't be just pure action, 100%. Oh, of course. But the thing is, is like, the waiting is, sometimes it is kind of like, okay, we get it. Right. Type deal, and it feels like it goes pretty slow, and Mm -hmm. not to say slow burns aren't good, because there's uh, several scenes where, I think some of the best scenes is just where the music just kind of carries the film, and Mm -hmm. you just see Lori, like, walking through the neighborhood and stuff. And you just feel uneasy, like, watching it, even though you don't even see Michael on the screen. Right. And stuff. So it's not to say, like, you know, we don't like stuff that's slow and stuff. But it's just, with the character's dialogue, I just never felt that invested Mm -hmm. about it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. They had to invent a subplot so that they could, you know, have the main plot vehicle go forward. But, yeah, the problem was they didn't make the subplot very interesting. It was about dances and the uh, school bully. And it was kind of just fragmented and all over the place, which is how real life is. But when mm-hmm. you're watching a narrative film, you know, it wasn't that funny. And it didn't. It doesn't help that the, the, the killer that you knew was the yeah. killer was present in most of those, like, a lot of those scenes. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't scary. Because it was yeah. in the middle of the day, and yeah. he's driving this goofy-looking car. <laughs> And you pointed out it looked like a, you know, like a Mario Kart for serial killers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just Michael Myers. <laughs> like, following people around town, mm-hmm. throwing bananas yeah. out of his car. You know, it's... Yeah. It, so, it wasn't, like, that scary that he was there. Mm-hmm. But there was, yeah, the music definitely helped create that sense of unease. Mm-hmm. And there are scenes where he's there where he's not goofy and it's the middle of the day. Like, when he yeah. hides behind the bush and stuff, you know. So it, there's either there's plenty of that as well, but um, yeah, the, I think the times when they don't do that successfully just just makes it a little funny and also makes the pacing 
a lot slower. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And there's a lot of points I want to pick up there. Um, one of that is with the music and stuff. In all honesty, probably out of the entirety of the film, the music is my favorite thing mm-hmm. and stuff. It's just so good and just... I can listen to that the entire soundtrack endlessly and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's simple but effective, and it was actually uh, composed by John Carpenter and mm-hmm. stuff. Who's not really a composer. It was just one of those things. Whenever he was tasked with making a movie, he's like, "Okay, I know a little composing. Let me just throw something together." So that music definitely, I think, is a major, major strong point for Halloween. Just nailing mm-hmm. that aesthetic and overall tone and whenever it comes to uh michael in the daylight and driving that car yeah it's it's one of those things that it never it's been a while since i've watched it and it just didn't really hit me about how goofy it is to see (laughs) michael myers just driving this old car and stuff just and he's also great at driving Mm -hmm. and he's been in an asylum for 15 years he's been there since he's a child yeah he's never learned how to drive they say yeah because he was like um eight i believe because he's 23 whenever he breaks out Mm -hmm. and stuff so just the fact that he's never driven before and drives flawlessly Mm -hmm. is uh, very hysterical and again just him just slowly looking yeah and stuff and there was some moments like um i know everyone loves the scene where he's like poking behind the hedge and stuff Mm -hmm. but just the way it was done it was just so goofy because he's just standing there and especially because the way this this shot was framed and i feel like Mm -hmm. this was the fatal flaw for a few few different scenes that could have been a lot scarier but the way the shot was framed Mm -hmm. was like they're just walking and then they're suddenly like 10 feet in front and they don't notice that there's this (laughs) tall menacing guy in a mask just staring them down and then they're like oh yeah and then of course annie doesn't see it but laurie does and yeah there was a man behind the bush and you know <laughs> a lot of yeah. it's just kind of it ends up being mm-hmm. goofy what it could have been yeah scary. for sure and so because i feel like the one strong scene michael had whenever it came to stalking was in the bed sheets and stuff which is mm-hmm. one of the famous scenes there and mm-hmm. stuff and that was in broad daylight but just the way it was done, it mm-hmm. still built that sense of unease. So it can be done in daylight. It's just oh, yeah. the fact that it was kind of goofy just seeing him, you know, meander around a little bit. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And one thing I do have to mention, another thing that helps with um, the slower moments for me that kind of helps guide me through is the cinematography I feel mm-hmm. like is super on point. Mm-hmm. Like, just the fact of like what they chose to shot and the setting with the colors and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it felt just... very small town, fog, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, so it was like one of my favorite things about um, the movie is just the cinematography that was done, which I made sure to look this up to give credit where credit's due, but D. Cundy and stuff. But I, that film, like, it's something I can leave on in the background. Like, mm-hmm. every frame I do feel like is framed perfectly and i feel like every still shot is like something i could print out it's kind of like texas chainsaw massacre Mm -hmm. just a little different as opposed to the grittiness of texas chainsaw yeah this is more of like a kind of cooler you know more relaxed environment because again Mm -hmm. it's like in suburbia basically with the green lawns and stuff but like the whitish blues and the orange from the pumpkins. Mm -hmm. So I felt like the film was really nice to look at a majority of the time and stuff, which definitely helped out because otherwise it would be even harder to kind of sit through the slower moments Mm -hmm. and stuff because 
they, yeah. they definitely picked up on, and this is sort of a trope I've been I've seen in these last few movies, is that sort of voyeuristic cinematography too, where the camera becomes Michael Myers. You see mm-hmm. that in the very opening scene too, yeah. where they're peeping through the windows yeah. at all the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of window peeping, um, yeah. both by the characters and by the camera. So I think that was mm-hmm. you know that's a that's a strength of that cinema. It, mm-hmm. it makes it feel uneasy yeah. to like switch to be the killer's point of view there yeah. and, and that kind of thing so yeah which uh it's funny because there's a um misconception about the movie where people say that pov shot where it comes from the killer's view mm-hmm. came from halloween but it's actually mm-hmm. been done times before and mm-hmm. stuff in movies like black christmas which was years before that which is a film we may probably tackle on later mm-hmm. but then another one is psycho mm-hmm. and stuff so i do you have you seen psycho i feel like i've asked oh, this question i've seen before. it a couple times but okay. it's been so long that i couldn't remember like specific shots but, but yeah so that's like also another one so they didn't quite invent the trope but i feel like they perfected the trope yeah, and stuff yeah, they, of the they, pov they employed it well yeah mm-hmm. Because, like I said, I mean, every shot is, like, I, I never felt like there was a poorly framed shot. I know we came from, like, watching Evil Dead, which is a, a lot more kind of guerrilla-style shooting and stuff, mm-hmm. which, again, being one of Sam Raimi's, like, earliest films and stuff, like, they're just basically young guys going at it. So, with this, it felt, like, more composed, and I felt like, again, like, they knew what they were doing with the camera and yeah. wanted to achieve you know and quite effectively might i add mm-hmm. um just delivering all those scenes and stuff because mm-hmm. it it is an enjoyable movie to watch even if there's not a lot going on in the seeds that's got you gripped in it's yeah. just something nice to look at um so another point i'd probably jump over to is um probably some of the characters probably yeah. dive into those and stuff and so um as you mentioned before, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, I know you were also really excited to see her in I this was. movie and stuff. And uh, I believe, let me, I, we had the yogurt debate and yeah, stuff. Let's settle it once and for all. You're probably right. It's probably Activia. But, all right. Uh, Curtis. Oh. Y- yogurt. Jamie Lee Curtis. Activia see. again. Yep, it's Activia. You're so right. Man, a, a, do- a broken sorry. clock's right twice a day, I am I right? accidentally gave YoPlay uh, some it's okay. uh, sponsor it's... deal here. <laughs> no. <laughs> in, incorrectly no. attributed that. Uh, oh, trust me. This probably isn't the first time, like, something like that happened. Like I said, I know with Evil Dead, I was thinking it was a college film when it was just actually one of their first films they made mm-hmm. as a studio. So, you know, it evens out. Fact checking. Yeah, I know. You know, show show me the movie facts. I know. Screen facts, right now. Yeah, screen facts. But, but yeah, Jamie <laughs> Lee Curtis. Yeah. Um, weird seeing her without short gray hair. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. I didn't get <laughs> I, disappointed that of all the boobies in that film, there's no Jamie Lee Curtis boobies. Mm-mm. So, you know, what's the yeah. point of even well, putting it I... in the DVD player? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you got three sets, you know, not too bad. And plus, you know, <laughs> it is the Lori, highest, Lo- highest booby count yet <laughs> of our podcast. I mean, and Lori Strode is kind of like more of the stick in the mud, which is probably why I was able to relate with her better because yeah. I feel like I'm kind of the stick in the mud when it comes to groups because her friends are mm-hmm. not very good people. No, they're not great. And there's a and this is another common theme I'm picking up on with horror movie stuff. It's a pretty common trope, but it's really like it's a moralistic kind of plot you have a moralistic kind of killer where like uh the people that are off doing sex and things are the ones that die 
<laughs> and then Jamie Lee Curtis, the goody two shoes taking care of kids, is the one that you know is is uh, the main character of the film. <laughs> yeah. So th- it's uh, mm. there's sort of that that moralistic strain that's not mm-hmm. uncommon in horror movies. I don't know where it started, but it's like yeah, if you're doing bad things, bad things happen to you. Yeah. Don't have sex. <laughs> don't take your boobies out because that's when you're gonna die. <laughs> Oh man, it's actually funny because that was actually going to be a point uh, I was going to discuss with you later on because as we go into these other films, there's actually quite a bit of interesting back history that I know of for that, but that's Mm -hmm. just a to be continued kind of Mm -hmm. moment, but... Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's definitely one of those things that um you know we look we have looked at each of the survivors and mm-hmm. each of the films and stuff and you know it's like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre despite me liking the group they 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 did a lot of stuff that made them kind of jerkwads and mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. and then with uh, Hellraiser and Evil Dead it was you know fairly fine groups and stuff there'd be like a couple of schmucks in each one but sure. it was pretty together but this one i definitely feel like we went back and stuff because again mm-hmm. i feel like aside from laurie strode i feel like the others are just typical uh uncouth teenagers running around yeah. uh, it, it doesn't help yeah. that like the dialogue wasn't the strongest in the film, you know what i mean so you get these really weird just like I don't know, just uh, just exchanges of them bullying Lori, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was just like, why is she hanging out with them? Like, I understand that's like, kind of like the same thing we thought of with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, whenever they kind of just gave Franklin the boot and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but but Franklin deserved it. <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly it. Like, you feel like it, but Lori is like the nicest person and mm-hmm. seems to be good. And so again, it just makes me wonder, why does she even hang out with them? But mm-hmm. that's a... Uh, different thing for another day but overall i do feel like laurie is a strong protagonist to follow and you mm-hmm. do like her and stuff yeah. but you are right in the fact that there isn't like kind of like the boom character because i know people are very passionate about laurie strode and stuff mm-hmm. as a character which is i think that's a little it's a little weird to me because i don't think she's an incredibly strong character mm-hmm. um she's just yeah she's like a nice gal that's like it yeah. you know what i mean she doesn't have like a like a really super um bold personality of any Mm-mm. of any kind but she is the nice anchor to be like the the moral center of a of a yeah. movie about bad people and for sure and you want to see her survive and right. stuff and i feel like whenever she is confronted with something she does try her best to survive and try to help those out that need it and mm-hmm. stuff but i know that's kind of dancing more into spoilery territory but overall like i said i think um you know, again, it just falls into the, I think Jamie Lee Curtis was amazing mm-hmm. as Laurie, but it's not like the boom, you know, mm-hmm. greatest, you know, final girl of all time. No, for sure. In any sense. Um, but one interesting thing about it, I don't know if you know this about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, but allegedly one of the reasons she was chosen in this role is the fact that her mom played Janet Lee in Psycho. So her mom was the gal in a shower scene and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the ideas where, you know, that's why she was chosen for this role. So Mm -hmm. that's just another interesting tidbit there. Trivia. Yeah. And so I guess we should go to the other protagonist that we spend uh, quite a bit of time, uh, played by Donald Pleasance, is uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Samuel Loomis. Yeah. And stuff. And I'm, (laughs) it's one of those things that, uh, I think out of the two protagonists, I like him a little bit more, but 
but I think he makes more irritating choices, <laughs> if that makes sense. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, because I, I feel like Donald Pleasance delivers, like, a strong role and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he's hell-bent on trying to make sure Michael's locked up and never see the light of day again. Mm-hmm. But, again, there is just some moments where you're like, what is going on? <laughs> right. Yeah, he's definitely um, he's definitely the bolder of the two personality types, and it's because he has the, he was given a mission that he's driven mm-hmm. towards. You know what I mean? Whereas it's not really towards the end of the movie whenever Laurie discovers yeah. there is a killer at all that that she has a mission that she's driven towards. And whenever that comes up, mm-hmm. I mean, she's excellent in in um, you know driving home that that mission. Which oh, of course for is sure, survival. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, yeah, the doctor the whole time has this this strain of uh you know he knows michael he knows he's a bad guy Mm -hmm. he's trying to convince everybody he's a bad guy for one and for two you know find him and keep him from killing people no and i feel like out of all the characters i feel like um again this also plays favor to the script in general but i feel like donald pleasance has some of the best well-written lines that's delivered in his film Mm -hmm. like again talking about michael where he was like you know i spent um eight years trying to reach him and Mm -hmm. help him and then seven years basically trying to keep him locked up right so it's like moments of dialogue like that where it does keep you pulled in and stuff Mm -hmm. which is great that the movie does it just has those like little pull-ins that keep you connected because otherwise i think i'd have a harder time watching this film and stuff but um yeah another one of the moments that i really liked a ton is whenever he is in front of the uh Meyer's house and stuff mm-hmm. and the kids are coming up and he just decides to troll them and just pull a prank he wants to keep the kids out of the house so they don't get knifed <laughs> and so he you know he yells at them through the bushes yeah. hey kids get your asses out of here <laughs> that was amazing that was such a good one but uh yeah so i feel like it is good for Halloween itself to have these two protagonists that we do shift focus on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and stuff. And you, again, you do want to see them succeed, which is good. Right. Of course. You know, it, you are invested a little bit, even if it isn't a whole lot. So I think that definitely speaks a lot of volumes on the strength of this film. And mm-hmm. I can understand why people get so crazy about this film in general. Sure. And uh, speaking of crazy, we should probably move over to the third point of view. We typically, see the movie from Mm -hmm. and that is from michael myers perspective Mm -hmm. so um given the fact that really so far you've seen probably i guess technically just two iconic killers and stuff that Mm -hmm. being leatherface and pinhead Mm -hmm. and so far with michael's debut how does he rank from you specifically i like michael a lot um i feel like It'd be hard to make too many comments about him before getting into spoilers. Yeah, right? I guess we could just keep it light just on so, appearance. Yeah, we'll, I'll hit you with the, the coming soon for my the rest of my thoughts. But yeah. just initial, like, initial Michael thoughts. Yeah, I really like him. He's tall, he's intimidating, he's got a great, like, costume design. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, he's, he's, he's got a big knife. That's mm-hmm. all you need, man. That's, yeah. he, it seems like... He's all over the place, um, but he's also very, you know, realistic and human in, in mm-hmm. many parts of the movie. So, Yeah. One of the things that I, I've always, like, thought was kind of, like, 
uh about michael is just the fact that the one thing that personifies him is the fact that people say he is like pure evil like that's mm-hmm. what drives him is that he is just the essence of evil and mm-hmm. really that's all they ever really give him and stuff in the mm-hmm. film and stuff so i always thought that was kind of like a more like uh you know type deal because with leatherface like again like i've told you it's just like you saw kind of like the humanity and you saw the gears think with leatherface so that's why i thought he was a more interesting character and with yeah yeah yeah. and with pinhead you feel like he did follow like a code of sorts and stuff and had his whole belief and everything so i think it's just those intricacies that made it interesting Mm -hmm. but with michael it's just like he's just always been pure evil that's, no explanation well, yeah, and that's so i think something that's hard about killers like michael is that they don't talk you know what i mean mm-hmm. leatherface doesn't either. and so you only get um you only get attributes about their character in two ways one is like in the beginning when they show you michael's first kill or whatever mm-hmm. and what what caused it with the motivation behind it right so they either show you from their perspective or and this is a little bit weaker but it's the majority of the film is when other characters talk about them mm-hmm. you know what i mean this is the you know so you don't see it necessarily from michael there's not michael walking around giving monologues about oh, yeah i want to kill because yeah you know? for sure um so like that makes it a little weaker but i do think it's interesting to see yeah michael's like pure evil but he's not motivated to kill people just because he wants to kill people mm-hmm. he's definitely going after women that are sleeping with people just yeah. like he just like he originally mm-hmm. killed his sister you know yeah um so like he, he's good he has a target in mind yeah. he feels slighted or traumatized yeah. by something in mind and that's definitely who he's who he's attacking yeah. you know which i think that is another interesting point i think because again i feel like with the spoiler things it's like i always like to do it just in case nobody has seen it but mm-hmm. i think that's something we could definitely dive into more whenever yeah. it comes to his victims and who they were and stuff and just trying to dive into the mentality of michael myers but i mean overall it is still like a strong design point like i told you the mask he wears is a captain kirk's Mm. and stuff did i tell you about that Mm -mm. i thought i did on the austin trip there my my memory is like (laughs) two synapses buried in a deep closet in the back of my brain you're good um so yeah the interesting thing about the uh michael myers mask is that it's actually a mask of Captain Kirk from Star Trek. They just ripped the eyebrow hairs and the sideburns out and just painted it white. I do remember you talking about this. Yeah, but but, but, but I I learned something new. Um, The overall cost for the mask Mm -hmm. was $2. Wow. Hey, on a budget. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one of the things also that's impressive to think about is... um, Whenever it came to the overall reception that it got, Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to remember how much money it made specifically, but it made a ton of money, like a loads of loads of money, not as much as a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mm -hmm. um, but it was quite a bit, which is kind of sad because Halloween did get quite a lot of money. And even though Texas Chainsaw Massacre got more money, because it was owned by the mafia, Toby, Toby Hooper never mm-hmm. got a lot of that money, period. Right. I'm trying to figure out. I keep finding the remake, uh, mm-hmm. the 2018 one. Maybe if I type in 1978. There we go. The overall budget was between 
300 and 325,000 mm-hmm. box office was 60 to 70 million. Wow. So, and that's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the 70s too. So that's wow. Yeah. No, it, it made bank for sure and stuff. So just the fact that they did take like moments to really like lessen the costs, mm-hmm. you know, again, I think really helped out in general with that. And so, and you know, I never felt like it was like shot on a cheap budget and stuff. I just felt like, it was shot exactly as it would be if you were in suburbia kind of and um Haddonfield Illinois Mm -hmm. and stuff wandering around but yeah um was there any other points we could uh touch on or discuss before getting into the spoileriness of Halloween um oh I will say one thing while you're kind of looking through your notes um I do feel like out of any horror film it has one of the strongest openings it's simple but really effective just with the music like that and it just has like that halloween orange like that's the best way i could describe it just popping up the letters and then you see the jack-o'-lantern on site like that just definitely just puts you in the mood right there and stuff so Mm -hmm. you like even though i'm not like super duper crazy about the film it definitely gets me hyped for it sure Mm -hmm. yeah it's very it's richly thematic you know Mm -hmm. halloween night there's a killer what could i mean come on yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's a halloween movie right there Mm -hmm. um did you find any notes you needed to uh touch on no i think we should dive right in okay and before uh doing so i guess um before we dive into spoilers for people for some reason who have not seen halloween um what would you rate this film overall on our usual scale of one to ten uh, on our usual scale of 1 to 10, keep in mind, I've got the hard-ass scale, because I, I need you guys mm-hmm. to appreciate the 10s and really feel the, the sorrow of the 1s, right? So on my hard-ass, I mean, honestly, this is like a 4. This, Whoa! Yeah, yeah. This, oh, this is whoa. like a 4. Oh my god, my dude. I think that's the, the lowest one so far. is shit. The pacing oh. is slow. Oh uh, my god, I was sweating with my rating. <laughs> no, no. I'm te- and I like to preface with everybody that this is like my this is my movie critic cat on rating, you know, if I had to give it something. Yeah, it's a it's a four. It's mm-hmm. there are good shots. There are like memorable exchanges. Michael Myers is a great character. Jamie Lee Curtis does her role well with what she's given, but Ah, the pacing's slow. The plot, the, the main plot that you have to focus on for most of the movie is non-existent. It's uh, a lot of it. There's a lot of cheap, like, um, uh, sh- there's some shaky shots. There's some terrible mm-hmm. exchanges. There's some questionable motivations. There's some giant plot holes in a couple parts um, that all, all of which are just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to give it a four out of ten. Whoa, man, I... I, I'm not gonna lie. Whenever, whenever I planned on doing this episode, I knew I wasn't going to be like hailing it, you know, to the highest extent. So mm-hmm. I was worried mm-hmm. about drawing fire. I'm so glad you are taking the bullets for me I'm today, not, bud. I'm happy to be the guy that people hate here. I guess <laughs> if you're a giant Halloween fan, I get it. I'm I'm a fan of a lot of things that are not great. This movie is not above average for mm-hmm. me. It it's close to average. Yeah. Man, that is... All right. Well, I I guess I'm going to mention my rating and stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, trust me, because I get it. Mm -hmm. I get exactly where you're coming from with it. I think the one saving grace is, again, the things I like about this film, 
I really like a ton. Again, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that music and the shots just looking visually pleasing and stuff. And it's literally something I could throw on during Halloween yeah. and stuff. But uh, again, I definitely agree with your points about how slow the pacing can be and stuff. And it can just be a little bit of a slog. Because that's the other thing, too, is the fact that there are so many great scenes for me in this movie. But it it's like, I want to see the scene already, but it's taking forever to get there. <laughs> so long, yeah. So I think that's another thing for me, which I guess it's just kind of like, it's a good, bad thing, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I feel like with a movie, you can have favorite moments and yeah. stuff like that. But I at least want the journey to those moments to still be right. enjoyable. But I did start to get withdrawn a little bit. But again, it's just like, you know, fairly strong characters and again just music and visually it's gorgeous for me it's very much a seven out of ten for me Mm -hmm. it's like one of those things that i can appreciate a lot about it but i can't honestly say like oh my gosh i love halloween and stuff it's like that weird middling range of like i like it i'll probably watch it a couple of more times and stuff but again i don't think i can ever obtain the level of hype people have for this movie i just feel Mm -hmm. like you know whenever they put it in the nines and tens i just can't in good conscience do that so it's one of those things that it puts me in the mood for halloween like i said while watching it it did make me feel just happy like all right it's my favorite time of year right right and stuff so my personal enjoyment Mm -hmm. of it was 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 Fine, I would watch it again next Halloween. I wouldn't yeah. watch it again in a couple months. I don't think I could sit through it. Oh, for but, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting out of the way of this one. <laughs> just say, just because it's like what you said. It would it would be like okay. I'll, here's a good yeah. example. I love Star Wars Episode Six. Star Wars Episode Six is a movie I can only yeah. watch once every three or four years whenever I forget about how awful the first 30 oh minutes are. Oh my gosh, yeah. Where you're sitting through. Because, like, in my child memory of that movie, <laughs> it's like, oh uh, yeah, he starts on the boat, he does the backflip, R2D2 throws him the lightsaber, both of that dies. <laughs> All that happens in the first five minutes. When you rewatch that movie, it takes like 45 minutes to yes. get to that part. <laughs> it's like, this is awful. Oh, this is so bad. So like again, okay, that's what I that's what I mean when I say I couldn't rewatch this again because like yeah, you know, I love Star Wars Episode Six. I can't watch it that night. Yeah. It's not that it's not that great of a movie. It's the yeah. weakest of the original trilogy. Yeah. Hot take, I guess. No, no, I'm with you there. This, I I agree. It's, yeah, it's probably. Well, I would say my least favorite, but then they came out with episode nine, so... Oh, yeah, if we're, if we're factoring in all the other movies outside of the original trilogy, like, yeah, that's... Yeah, it but... It gets boosted by default. Yeah. But back to Halloween. All, all that is to say is, like, I personally enjoyed it. It's just, like, you know... From my objective brain's point of view, <laughs> not that great of a movie. No, understandable. Like I said, you know, I, I was just surprised and mm-hmm. stuff because I, like I said, you know, I was kind of expecting you to be like, oh, I like it. And then be, be like, ah, you know, <laughs> right. but no, you just ran with that. <laughs> you took the torch I lit and ran. Four out of ten is not that bad, okay? Like, five, no. Five is average. Five is average. No, Four out of 10, for sure. Just slightly below average. No, for sure. But, um, Definitely, if you haven't watched this movie, it's a great movie to watch uh, during Halloween. Really, whenever it comes to uh, 
uh, nudity. Like I said, you're going to see three sets, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then you're going to see a little bit of blood. It's not actually too gory, surprisingly, it's not. It's not. and stuff. So again, those of you that are kind of squeamish and stuff, it's kind of opposite of Evil Dead, which was gratuitous with the gore. Mm-hmm. Kind of more goes back to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre it's more level about of gore. The suspense than it is exactly. The actual, yeah, kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely check it out. I know it's on Shutter. Maybe it's on Amazon Prime. I think I saw it a while back on there. But if you have a way to watch it, definitely do so. Like I said, I think it's a great flick just to throw on the tv halloween while you're carving pumpkins or handing out candy it's definitely like that level of a film so uh yeah we're gonna dive right into the spoiler territory so now's your chance to jump off in case you haven't uh aaron why don't you go ahead with the spoilerinos spoilerinos all right um here's a minor one right away bam 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 um (laughs) there's there's a there's a cop that's the main character like 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 a pretty prominent character yeah. in the movie right and yet the killer kills more dogs with than than the cop what's <laughs> up with that um, no sir, why why is he killing dogs so often so that's like one of the things I was wondering mm-hmm. about it whenever it came to like choosing because clearly he's not a killing machine killing everywhere because he yeah. runs into like that one bully at the school yeah. and stuff and just grips onto him then lets go and then stalks a little boy. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes me question, because, again, people um, uh, compare Michael to, like, a shark and stuff that's thrown in the sure. water and sh- going towards everywhere. But, again, it's not really determined exactly why he's focusing the people the way they are. Because, again, the only ones that had a connection are the ones that were more um, scandalous teenagers. And I, think, <clears throat> and I think that's the common thread. Mm-hmm. I, like, the first, for me, that seemed mm-hmm. fairly obvious. I guess just the dog thing was like, yeah, it they was found just... a dog that he was like eating. Yeah. And then, and then he killed that other dog. And I get why he killed the other dog because it was like barking and attacking mm-hmm. him and he's pure evil or whatever. So why, yeah, why, why not kill the dog? But it is kind but... of interesting. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's the one that threw me off. I mm-hmm. do, I totally get I get why he killed Annie. I get why he killed his sister, and I get why he killed whatever that other girl's name is. <laughs> uh, it was like a, I don't. She reminded me of like Cindy Lou Who or something. She, <laughs> Linda. Linda. Yeah, yeah. I get why he killed them because the motivations between and uh, and why he killed that dude, Linda's boyfriend with the comically large glasses. Uh, Bob. Bob. Yes. <laughs> um, I I get that because it all ties back to his original sin. You know, mm-hmm. it ties back to you know he didn't like that guy but he that mm-hmm. guy walked out the door before he could stab him i guess he already yeah. had a knife at that point and so he went and he took revenge on i guess his sister i totally thought that was his mom yeah but... nope uh, i only know that because his parents were outside you know they went out they're like ah, michael yeah that's right mm-hmm. okay that's who that was because i was like who are these two folks stopping yeah by? that makes total sense mm-hmm. but yeah so he he obviously like had some sort of hatred towards his sister or whatever mm-hmm. And that and or and their you know sexual deeds that they were mm-hmm. doing while he was around, and so like that then manifests later on when he breaks out because he's been in a mental asylum for fifteen mm-hmm. years or whatever, and so that's all he's had cooking on his mind, and so he goes yeah. after people that remind him of his kid sister and of uh, you know people doing those salacious deeds, and every time he kills somebody, they are either on their way to get fucking. <laughs> uh, or he's witnessed them take their boobies yeah. out. Like that was the, the uh, that's how I knew Annie was gonna die. Not just because mm-hmm. it's obvious, but because yeah. he's standing out the window watching her and she takes her boobies out. Yeah. Like, All right, that reminds Michael of his uh, first kill, and he's gonna go for it. You know? Yeah, it's it's just kind of 
random because again people that are fans of the series and maybe it's from later films which i haven't watched the entire series just yet and stuff but they're just always like oh he has no reasons he's just pure evil and i'm like mm-hmm. well i mean with the first film it seems like pretty selective it's pretty pretty selective yeah again he probably mm-hmm. they probably expand it for later films but yeah this this film definitely mm-hmm. is like it's pretty yeah. obvious who he's killing and, yeah. and why i the the question mark then becomes like Lori, why but i think mm-hmm. he was stalking her because she walked up to his family's house you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's the whole reason he was following her in yeah. the first place no which um i i do have to uh mention something i think that's a solid point about why he's chasing Lori mm-hmm. in the first movie it's just basically wandered in he's like okay another one mm-hmm. and stuff um i do think one again this is thanks to the cinematography but i think the moment whenever she walks into the house and basically sees the Judith Meyer tombstone on the bed yeah. with Annie on there, finds her friend's dead bodies everywhere, and she's, like, basically freaking out in a corner. And then you just see from the darkness, like, the white face just slowly appear. Yeah. I thought that was a really strong moment. When we were talking about cinematography mm-hmm. earlier. I wanted to bring that up, but I couldn't think of how to bring that up without <laughs> yeah. spoiling it. So, but exactly. yeah, no, super strong. I, mm-hmm. they, they must have, yeah, been really no. careful staging that. Cause it's For just, sure. It's like a ghost, you yeah. know? You just see his face a little yeah. bit, and then he peers out of the yeah. shadows. And so I feel like, again, that also just lends credit to the design of Michael. Because even mm-hmm. though I'm not crazy about it, I do think it's a solid design yeah. overall. And so for moments like that and stuff it definitely is striking beyond belief there mm-hmm. um yeah whenever um oh, speaking of um michael killing them mm-hmm. that's one thing i did kind of like is the kills overall because mm-hmm. they felt more grounded and stuff right. the only one that really kind of stretches is whenever he killed bob in the kitchen yeah, he, he stabs the knife so hard right he picks <laughs> him up and then manages to pin his whole body to the wall with a knife yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. um but, but it does it does it's neat because up until that point he seems pretty human the only thing you have against the contrary is the doctor being like he's not a human he's a monster or whatever. <laughs> um, and that's the first time you get like a sense of him being like otherworldly i think mm-hmm. to some degree like eerily is yeah. his, his massive strength being able to just like mm-hmm. pick up this full-grown dude with one hand mm-hmm. and then pin him to the wall with a knife. So I, and that's yeah. one of the few moments. The other moments, of course, is whenever he continually like dies, quote unquote. Yes, <laughs> he he gets a. Uh... He gets uh, beat up a little bit once he starts pursuing Laurie, you know. At with first, the... it just seems like he's a bitch. Like, he gets stabbed with a sewing needle, like a knitting needle, mm-hmm. and then he just, like, lays down. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, yep, I totally killed him. I'm just going to leave him here and not look at him. <laughs> and then again, she stabs him once with a knife, and he just falls over and dies. And she's like, well, I definitely did that. Let me just put the knife right next to him again. And... <laughs> walk off and cry um, while looking in the other direction so that he can get up and and then yeah. and then the end is whenever, whenever it does seem otherworldly whenever he gets shot like six times and falls out the window <laughs> and then the guy looks out and he's not there anymore so. no no that, that was one of my favorite moments watching the movie whenever because she throws down the knife two times yeah. and stuff yeah. but the second time whenever she threw it down you just did the that wasn't like the first terrible <laughs> plot hole either and that knife is a magical knife apparently because did you notice and surely people on the internet have probably noticed this too that knife reappears next to the couch i saw that <laughs> yeah like she she threw it down in that in the bedroom or whatever that's mm-hmm. the last time we saw the knife 
Um, and then there's the whole scene where he mm-hmm. sends the kids out. And he gets back up. The, the guy comes into the house, mm-hmm. um, shoots Michael. He falls back down. And then the camera at one point goes back out through the front mm-hmm. door. And you can see the knife still there yeah. by the couch. Yeah. Does he just have a whole bunch of knives? Is he a knife salesman door to door? Maybe he stopped by the kitchen before. Because, you know, Lori does run upstairs to hide in a closet How and stuff. How many kitchens have that large of a knife in it. It seems like an iconic <laughs> knife. There can't be so many copies of it. You know, they have uh, pieces of ham to cub up. You, you, you know what I'm true. saying? I did use a knife about that size <laughs> to carve my ham. <laughs> I had a couple um, weekends ago. Um, but, no, he, he definitely... I think that's one of the other things that does personify him a little bit better. It's just the fact he's literally able to take, like, you know... Um, not that it's super fatal, but sewing needle to the neck, uh, hangers to the eye, mm-hmm. and then a knife to the chest, mm-hmm. and then still get up only to get shot multiple times and yeah. fall from a second story window. Right. Um, so, and again, it does, I feel like it is a fairly strong scene, you know, whenever Dr. Loomis does show up and then Laurie Stroh saying like, was that the boogeyman? And he's mm-hmm. like, yes, it was. Again, I feel like there's just so many scenes like that uh, do stay strong mm-hmm. but again it's just that anticipation of waiting for those scenes that makes it like okay get on with it i will <clears> say <throat> it was funny whenever because he's just kind of like wandering around looking for this house because mm-hmm. he knows that michael's somewhere nearby. oh yeah dr loomis <laughs> yeah dr loomis is and then the kids run out and they're screaming bloody murder and the way the camera's shot is that he's like right in front of the house yeah and, around, and he doesn't think to be like kids what's going on you know he's just like i'm just gonna walk into this house i i think he knew <laughs> at that point because that that was that was one of them i forgot that was one of the moments you lost your mind on while we were watching it together is you know dr loomis is staking out at uh the myers yeah. house and he's waiting there for I assume an hour or two, mm-hmm. and then he just finally notices the car that Michael parked in the street. Right, like right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's uh, and the only reason that was frustrated is because he was batting a hundred up until that point. He's like the world's leading Michael detective. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And of course, as he was his doctor for fifteen years or whatever. Of course, like you get why he knows that he's going to be in this town, mm-hmm. why he knows he's going to go to this house, and why he knows he's going to probably lift his his sister's grave or whatever. But he also has like a supernatural like he rolls up to the store where michael stole everything from to talk to the to the officer he somehow finds that like truck on the side of the road (laughs) with the matches in it and there's like the dead body around the corner Mm -hmm. which he didn't look that far but you know he knew that michael was there and so he's like like 100 percent in michael's brain and then he's just standing outside the house and there's a car right there yeah. on the curb. And he doesn't think to turn and be like, that's the car that Michael stole from me. <laughs> you know, he's sitting there for hours mm-hmm. scaring yeah. off kids, getting scared by the sheriff. We go back to him multiple times there. And that, that's just one of those plot holes that I was like, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, aren't you catching on? Yeah, like that's, yeah. you didn't notice that? You noticed everything else. It's just like he's tripping at the finish line every yeah. time. yeah. <laughs> Um, like there was that one scene whenever, you know, uh, Michael had broken into the hardware store and mm-hmm. stuff and uh, Dr. Loomis is just standing there waiting to talk with the sheriff and then Michael just drives behind yeah, his head right and he turns him. his head. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely moments like that, that, um, I, I never even really just paid that much attention to whenever I did watch it, but just watching, <laughs> just hearing you just be like, 
<laughs> just like audible, just like sighs and stuff. It just cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, there's just there was a lot of inconsistencies and there's mm-hmm. a lot of just corny parts too. You know? Oh, I mean? for sure. There's and a that, lot of cheese. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know whenever Laurie Strode was just smiling, staring at the kids, trick or treating. Yeah. And- just gives like a poetic line nobody can hear yeah there's a lot of that and a lot of like yeah just bad dialogue choices that yeah and i was interested it didn't seem like they did multiple takes in a couple yeah. places where like even dr <laughs> loomis like who's supposed to be like yeah. a fairly smooth talking guy he like trips up a couple times uh, yeah delivering he... his lines and, <laughs> and it's not in like a like a well-acted way you can just tell he's tripping over his lines and they keep it in yeah (laughs) i i think dr loomis is best whenever he's angry like whenever he's angry he's nailing everything but Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely interesting because there are some weaker lines of dialogue and stuff like especially with uh bob and linda talking about ripping each other's clothes off and then ripping off the little girl's clothes they're like we'll rip off Lindsay's clothes too like whoa why (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's definitely like a mix between good lines and then lines you're like right a little bit so it's like that constant teeter-totter right that goes throughout the film um but yeah it was one of those things that there's not really a whole lot of endearing characters outside of the three because again i didn't Mm -hmm. care about annie or linda i felt like they were just kind of jerks in general yeah and then bob was the ultimate jerk yeah there i didn't like paul that much i didn't like uh i like the kids yeah uh, the, the, li- the, the little girl was funny she's oh, just Lindsay? like yeah Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay just like watching tv that's all she wanted to do i was like i get that right on but the little kid that was worried about the boogeyman uh, tommy yeah tommy that was getting bullied and stuff like i liked him okay mm-hmm. and i feel like there was even like an unspoken sort of like he was following around tommy not just because tommy like walked in front of his house yeah. whenever uh laurie was there but all because like tommy looks like young michael like we saw a portrait of young michael and then the first and then like one of the first characters we see right after mm-hmm. that scene is is tommy and it's like so he's like kind of looking about this kid that's in the neighborhood right next to the house where he grew up and it's like he's making that connection and so he never goes after the kids like there's mm-hmm. never any like kid murdering like threat yeah you know what i mean but like because he's after laura the whole time mm-hmm. um, but yeah but she does a great job of like protecting them oh for sure and diverting attention to herself yeah. but it doesn't seem like he was ever like trying to kill them you know yeah what I mean? he was for sure he was focused on these people mm-hmm. that were like the, the initial targets mm-hmm. of his initial like murder yeah. Yeah, and so I think, like, again, what you mentioned about Lori, like, her taking a kiss, it was kind of, like, nice in the fact that whenever it did come to danger, that she was fairly sensible, because she's like, these kids, like, I don't want any of them to get hurt. I'm at least going to have them run, because as we've seen, Michael does not run (laughs) at all whatsoever. He just slowly uh, walks Mm -hmm. and stuff, which obviously... Yeah, with purpose. He's striding with purpose Mm -hmm. there. But I think that's one of the things I do like about Laurie is just the fact that I... You know, a lot of people say, like, she's a strong female character and stuff, Mm -hmm. but I don't really think 
she's strong necessarily but i feel like she is a strong survivor yeah and stuff i think that's the best way to do it because again i don't ever feel like you know she's like oh i'm gonna take michael on it's just mostly like okay i need to try to survive and also save the kids yeah and stuff she acted out the natural like Mm -hmm. flight or fight response really well which i feel like doesn't always happen with survivors is they make really dumb decisions that are like not even panicked in the moment dumb decisions but just like you're watching it and you're like why'd you run into the basement you know like (laughs) those sorts of decisions Um, run out into the woods (laughs) right but Lori seemed generally panicked in a terrible situation you know she she hurt her leg pretty like early on oh yeah but she still made like and she made bad decisions but they were like decisions that were like panicked like running into the closet or whatever exactly that's a dumb decision Lori. but like i get why you did it because you're like i need to escape you know yeah um i but then she made those those you know rat backed into a corner responses of Mm -hmm. jabbing him in the eye with the with the clothes hanger and stuff yeah she made those like realistic choices and Mm -hmm. jamie lee curtis acted them out really well in such a way that was like it was convincing i think that's what makes her a really strong for survivor as you could see her motivations behind her panic and emotional response for sure i definitely think the third act of the entire film is probably the strongest on Mm -hmm. an entertainment level i feel like the first act really is good at setting up the atmosphere and then the second act is just dedicating to killing Mm -hmm. (laughs) just straight up killing yeah (laughs) all the people around there um but one of the other things i did find interesting is the fact that you do see michael's face and stuff which is kind of weird in a sense because you looked at him and he did kind of look a little scared not like dead in the eyes yeah and stuff he was like a scared kid which is Mm -hmm. interesting because of course beginning of the film is michael and he doesn't have his mask the little Mm -hmm. clown mask or whatever yeah that the guy had and and at the end of that scene he puts it on and goes and stands outside with his knife or whatever and they they wheel him off to the loony Mm -hmm. bin presumably yeah Um, and then at the end it's him being exposed and his mask comes off and he looks like a scared kid again i think those are sorts of the things that make his character design much more interesting Mm -hmm. despite him never having a line of dialogue for sure for sure so that was just one thing that i had never really noticed especially because we watched it like on a nicer tv so you can Mm -hmm. see stuff better because i remember watching stuff on the tube tv like i said i recorded this on amc and stuff and Mm -hmm. like if if a movie was dark you could not see hardly at all you'd have to be in the pitch of night Mm -hmm. basically to see it so just the fact that i was able to uh, see his face and stuff i was able to pick up on some small intricacies and stuff so again it's it's halloween is one of those films that i will more than likely probably revisit later on and stuff like Mm -hmm. i said i'm still waiting on the scream factory 4k set which unfortunately didn't arrive in time for our review but Mm. i still wanted to record this episode so i'll definitely check it out again but it's got a great aesthetic mm -hmm. oh for sure i think that's just one of the strongest things about it but no, I'm with you in the fact that I just can't herald it as just one of the greatest mm-hmm. horror films of all time. I think it has a great aesthetic, and I do think it is a classic, Absolutely. you know, film yeah. to watch. But again, I can't, in all goodness, be like, you know, oh, this is just one of my favorites, one of the best films I've seen. Mm-hmm. So it kind of actually comforts me a little bit that you came in even lower than what I did. And I was excited for the rating. Yeah. yeah, and I and I feel like also just. Because I think I also went into the movie with the same thing, like the very first time I saw it, because, you know, they're talking about like, oh, yeah, Halloween's really great. And then mm-hmm. I just watch it and I'm like, 
Uh, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, was there any other points we needed to hit in the spoiler territory and stuff? Any other final points we wanted to uh, knock out? I think we nailed most of the things that, that came up in my brain when we were watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, overall, like I said, um, still a solid film to watch, especially during Halloween mm-hmm. and stuff. And I feel like it is a fairly good entry for people that are interested in horror genre and stuff. In all honesty, um, I probably say that it's a little less gruesome than Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff, even though they had about the same amount of blood Mm -hmm. and stuff. But I think it's just also, I think just Texas Chainsaw, again, it just dives into that psychological Mm -hmm. also, as well as just horrific to watch. Whereas this is just very, very, very much suspense. Yeah. Honestly, I think the first kill was like the most gruesome quote oh for sure you see it from his point of view Mm -hmm. stabbing her and yeah it's uh yeah and everything beyond that is more yeah the 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 anticipation until the kill and then i guess that final scene where he sets them up in the bedroom with the headstone Uh and all that stuff is a little like ooh. yeah which makes me wonder because again um i know we already touched on this a little bit Mm -hmm. but um in your opinion because again like do you think he is cognitive of what he is doing like aware of him taking the tombstone and placing it on the bed because i feel like that's just something you do to show off and mm-hmm. stuff and either that or is it possibly like it just makes me wonder why he would go to that extent i mean i, feel I... like he's recreating the original crime i'm not like a criminal <clears throat> psychology yeah. expert or anything but i feel like that's a you know a thing with people that do these sorts of crimes is that especially those that are like demented in childhood and, and, and move on like serial killers is they want to like re you know recreate the original sin right the original mm-hmm. thing they did um that was that was wrong that they got the rush from or that they felt like they haven't closed that trauma in their life or whatever and i feel mm-hmm. like i feel like that's his motivation how how much he's yeah. like really thinking how much how cerebral he is it's a wonder i think i think for most of the movie i was thinking michael was like a little bit more cold and calculated and mm-hmm. when his mask is off and you hear him making noises in different situations yeah. i feel like he's a little bit more on the um not um uh, conscious type end no of it, but. for sure and that is another thing i will say it was always a tiny bit unnerving to hear just that masked breathing mm-hmm. and stuff so i felt like that was also another solid choice from the sound department but yeah i think realistically whenever it comes to why that was set up the way it was i think it's just because it looks cool that's yeah. that's about the yeah. that's about the only thing i can think from a filmmaker's perspective mm-hmm. on why they would do that I but think he was definitely like staging a scene to like mm-hmm. like he was he, he he had his you know the dead topless woman in there and he was mm-hmm. like that's just like my sister and slapped the headstone yeah. in there <laughs> uh you know was he thinking like when he originally stole the headstone that he was gonna go put it in mm-hmm. this bed with this girl no i mean he i don't he, he didn't plan that far, as far out as i could yeah. tell but he was trying to like yeah put like reinvent that you know original trauma yeah because i doubt he was doing that for laurie specifically and stuff because again it doesn't seem like he cares about you know 
he is following Lori, but at the same time, I mean, Lori's not the first person he goes to. Again, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, it is a little more aimless and yeah. stuff, but also precise. So again... I think it's like a little bit like in Psycho where <clears throat> he sets up those weird scenes in the basement and in Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre where they have the chicken bone ornaments. Yeah. It's like the killers are constructing something out of their craft or whatever. No. And Lori just happened to walk in on it and see the wrong thing. For sure. For sure. Um... But yeah, uh, I'm definitely kind of happy that we were able to dive into this film and stuff. Because, again, the only other time I've tried talking about this film is people who really like Halloween Mm -hmm. a ton. So then it makes it a little harder to try to discuss whenever Mm -hmm. there is kind of like the opposing views. So it's kind of nice that we have... um, more we have the same kind of view and stuff even Mm -hmm. though again i feel like just the music aesthetic shots alone does elevate it quite a bit for me right um because if it didn't have good music or good shots or didn't look good it would definitely go way down for me and stuff so yeah um but yeah i'm still I'm, i'm still solid at a seven out of ten for me and stuff and for you four out of ten mm-hmm. um but i'm happy we got to uh release this episode on halloween and stuff because yeah. like i said i think it is a film you guys should at least watch once your life like even if you're not the biggest fan again just hits that halloween aesthetic which mm-hmm. is my favorite holiday there Thanks. and uh um so i was thinking about the next film because mm-hmm. there's a lot of bullet points you were hitting uh-huh. which um was actually going to be what I was mostly discussing about with this next film we're going to watch for the episode. So I thought it was very funny and stuff because I know you've had an idea on what films I have thought about watching. But anyways, the film that's going to be next Mm -hmm. in our line of episodes Mm -hmm. is going to be a movie Mm -hmm. that took all of the tropes that you noticed at Mm -hmm. the beginning and they're actually the ones that really defined those tropes mm. and stuff and uh, it's a certain uh, day of the year that happens a couple of times <gasps> mm. Mm. I know exactly what you're talking oh, about oh do you do you know exactly what I'm talking mm. about it's the John Cena WWE spooky doo scooby doo spectacular <laughs> No, it's Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> yeah, Yay! Friday the Thirteenth. Yep. And uh, I, I had the uh, Jason mask on my face while uh, humming John Cena's theme. So uh, that's something you guys will never see the light of day of. You'll have to <clears> check <throat> our YouTube channel for that. Just go to <laughs> xvideos.com forward slash Michael Sarah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's even gonna. I, I don't think it should see the light of day. No. <laughs> so we'll we'll just we'll let the audio reach uh, the daylight yeah, and then just um, imagine it. Just yeah, just it imagine it. Brain. But um, yeah, no, you hit it right on the head and stuff. We're going to be uh, going over to uh, Camp Crystal Lake here whenever we're going to be popping the scary with Friday the Thirteenth. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, catch y'alls later and have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Ow. Ow. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube, CastBox, or iTunes platforms to stay up to date when new episodes drop. To see what Aaron and I are up to, check out our respective Twitter accounts. 
for me, it is at ColkirkVA, and for Aaron, it is at AnimalGameDev. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. We'll speak to you all again next time when we're popping the scary.